Well, if you've got your Bibles, why don't you uh, grab those and go with me to the book of Exodus. And uh, if you don't have a Bible, our ushers are coming around right now. You can just uh, get their attention. They'd love to give you one. And uh, if you don't own a Bible, um, uh, would you just like take that one with you? It's a gift from us to you. We love studying God's Word together. We're going to be in Exodus chapter 31, Exodus chapter 31, uh, or you can follow along with us in uh, the Bible app on the Bible app there and take some notes if you'd like. Uh, But we're going to be finishing Exodus chapter 31 today, and we're talking about rest. You ever feel uh, overwhelmed and worn out from everything you got going on in life? You, you, you know those moments where it's just like, oh my goodness, I, I had one of those weeks um, this week. You're just feeling kind of like exhausted and like, I don't know, there's just so many things happening and it feels like it's just kind of swirling around and all of these things happening is just compounding in this crazy, chaotic, messy pressure that's just squeezing you in life. You know what I'm talking about? And like our, 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 our schedules are packed. We basically need a PhD in office management to hand or, handle our, our, our calendars and we're running from one thing to the next and this event and, and, and that deadline and then, you know, this is going on so we're going to have to decline that invitation. We haven't hung out with those people in a while feeling guilty about that and uh, we're going to have to miss that. We're kind of running late for this. I can't even believe we signed up for this thing going on. We just have so many things going on. And then, and then we've got a to-do list and our, our to-do list is just like this endless stream of responsibilities. Even in our best days when we're knocking things out, we're checking things off left and right. It feels like that list just keeps multiplying faster than we can keep up. And we're, we're being pulled in all these different directions. We feel like we're trying to, uh, you know, keep all of these plates spinning. We've just got so many things to do. There's just always more to do. And some of us are trying to uh, achieve email inbox zero, right? And everybody else is like, that's a joke. And we got like 50,000 emails that we haven't responded to. There's just so much that's happening. And then, then we get frustrated because uh, we're, we're, we're not as productive as we were hoping. And no matter how well we, we planned and, and we lined up and we structured our day, it's, it, it's just never quite as efficient as we were expecting. And, and we get interrupted and things break and plans fall through and, and, and we've been praying for things. And then it's just disappointments. We're not getting the answers that we were hoping for, and, 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 and things don't go the way we wanted to, and we're like, why? I mean, I, I, I've done everything I can here, and I feel like I'm, I'm grinding it out, and I'm working hard, and it just feels like this, this uphill battle, and, and, and we're trying everything that we can possibly think of to make life easier and increase our capacity and alter our circumstances, but things just don't go smoothly, and then every day we wake up and are like, here we go again. And, and, and we feel like we're just uh, in this insatiable drive to do and achieve and to try to stay on top of it all and figure it all out and, and, and make something of ourselves. And we're moving at this frenetic pace trying to fix everything and trying to keep improving and get better. And, 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 and then when we're not impressed with our uh, own accomplishments, we feel guilty about that. And we feel uh, depressed and we feel 
uh, almost purposeless, like I don't even know why I'm doing this anymore. We question ourselves and we feel bad about uh, not getting enough things done and, and falling behind and, and, and we're disappointed because we're not more successful, we're not more impressive, we're not really where we want to be in life and then we're just frustrated that we're struggling and, and sometimes life just feels like one unending hard day at work and it's so hard for us to just rest. We're not even very good at resting, are we? Like, like after all this stuff that we have going on, we get to the, the end of our day and we feel like, like zombies, right? And we're just scrolling through this endless stream of life updates and information and news that quite honestly we don't really even need to know about, but we're, we're doing it because we're just like trying to do something mindless. And then, and, and then we have all these life hacks to try to uh, get to sleep and stay asleep, and yet we still wake up exhausted. And, and then we have a day off, right? But even on our day off, we don't rest very well. Like, what, what, I don't know what your days off are like, but, but our days off, we normally like fill it up. We fill it up with, you know, things to do. We've got plans and we've got, you know, activities going on. And, and a lot of times our day off is the opportunity to catch up on some of those to-do list items. And so we get after that. And then we, uh, you know, after relentlessly doing that for weeks on time, we, we, we realize we probably need a vacation at some point. And so we go on vacation, but even on vacation, we're not very good at Stopping and resting. I feel like I'm, I'm getting a little bit better at vacation. Two weeks ago, Chris and I were on the beach, and um, I, I've made some improvements in this, but you, you know what it's like when you get away. And um, at, at one point, Chris and I were just uh, hanging out on the beach, and she was like laying there. I think she might have fell asleep. And so I walked off, and I'm, I'm like standing there in the ocean, you know, as you do, and you're just watching, just standing there for a while, and I don't know how long I was there, but I'm just staring off, and apparently uh, she was watching me, and so when I came back, she's like, so what are you thinking about? I'm like, what do you think? Do you really want to know what I'm thinking about? I'm thinking about Easter, because I got stuff coming up, right? That's the way it is, and, and, and the point of doing a vacation is to take a break and to do something different and to, to get some rest, a little R&R, &R and, 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 and the, the, the reality is, though, that uh, sometimes uh, the idea of vacation is more satisfying than actually taking a vacation. And because we go into it with these unspoken expectations that I'm going I'm to read this book or we're going to take these adventures and then that just doesn't happen. And, and so we feel like we like wasted it. And then when we're not like in our routines and we're not doing the things that we do every day, we, we, we kind of hate the feeling of not getting something done, right? And, and, and uh, it's just hard for us to turn it off. And, and just rest. And we get back from that and we feel like we need a vacation from vacation. I, I know that um, I've talked with you. I know some of you are going through some really challenging things right now. Some, some uh, difficult circumstances. Some of you are facing some big decisions right now. And, and some of you have some scary unknowns. And, and when that's happening, you're like, how, how do you turn that off? It's just like there. And this, this elusive sense of rest just seems to escape us. And the reason for that is that the rest of God that we were meant to enjoy was lost when Adam and Eve sinned in the garden. We lost that. 
But one of the things that we've been seeing as we jumped into uh, the instructions on the tabernacle is God saying, I want you to build this uh, sacred place where I'm going to meet with you. The, 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 the thing that we're seeing in the text, the way that Moses laid this out for us, is that the building of the tabernacle actually parallels God's creation. That, that, that he created the world in six days, and then on the seventh day, God rested. In fact, in chapter 31, if you look down there in verse 12, verse 12, it, there's, it's kind of an interesting verse. All it says is, and the Lord said to Moses, like, why is that a verse? That's, that's a verse. But, but that's important because that phrase, the Lord said to Moses, is actually repeated for us over and over. Seven times. Seven times that phrase is used. Six times, the Lord said to Moses, and the Lord said to Moses, and the Lord said to Moses. Six times, it's in the instructions for doing the work of building the tabernacle. Then on the seventh time right here in chapter 31, all of that culminates with the command for Sabbath rest. You see that? Six times it's all about the work. Seventh time it's about the rest. You've seen the parallel? And, and so what ha what's happening here then is this is like God is doing a new thing. This is a, a, a recreation showing us that God's intention is, is to restore the fellowship with sinful men and women and bring us back into the rest that was lost because of sin. Like, I want to encourage you with this, that, that, that God wants us to experience a deep sense of rest even in the midst of the chaos that's around us in this broken world while we're also looking forward to this uh, in anticipation and in hope to this greater future rest that we're going to have with him but we can begin to experience that right now and I told you, God was like, sometimes there's these messages where uh, as I'm studying through the text, God's just kind of like smacking me between the eyes. This is one of those that I just like felt this all week. That, that I'm, I'm, I'm not always getting this. I feel like I'm missing out too often on the rest that God wants us to enjoy. I need rest. And maybe you're there, and, and, and if you're like wrestling with that, like with everything that I got going on in my life right now, all the to-dos and all the craziness that's happening, how do, I, how do I get that now? Where do I find that? Where do I, where do I find that rest? And so here's what I want to give you today. In fact, I decided um, we're not going to give you kind of a normal outline with multiple points. I just, as I was studying this, like, we have like one thing I want you to get, okay? Just one thing. Here's the big idea. You can rest in the Lord. You can rest in the Lord. I'm telling you, if we would get this, this is a game changer. So let's do this. Let's look at uh, chapter 31. We're going to finish the chapter here, and, and this is the Lord's uh, command to Israel. I want to see how it really points us to Jesus, okay? Uh, Exodus chapter 31, starting in verse 12. Starting in verse 12. And the Lord said to Moses, you are to speak to the people of Israel and say, Above all, you shall keep my Sabbath, for this is a sign between me and you throughout your generations, that you may know that I, the Lord, sanctify you. You shall keep the Sabbath, because it is holy for you. Everyone who profanes it shall be put to death. 
Whoever does any work on it, that soul shall be cut off from among his people. Six days shall work be done, but the seventh day is a Sabbath of solemn rest holy to the Lord. Whoever does any work on the Sabbath day shall be put to death. Therefore, the people of Israel shall keep the Sabbath, observing the Sabbath throughout their generations as a covenant forever. It is a sign forever between me and the people of Israel that in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, and on the seventh day he rested and was refreshed. And he gave to Moses, when he had finished speaking with him on Mount Sinai, the two tablets of the testimony, tablets of stone, written with the finger of God. So, so the, uh, first we need to kind of just um, take stock of what this means for Israel uh, specifically, okay? This is not the first time uh, that God is giving them this command. Uh, but like I just said, this is actually, it comes on uh, uh, at the end of these instructions for building the tabernacle because God's trying to show them that even while they're sinful people, he's doing this new work that they, he can bring them and they can begin to experience his presence and his rest as he dwells among them as they uh, worship him in reverence and awe. Okay? But we've seen this already before. The command here to to keep the Sabbath holy is actually a reiteration of what we saw back in chapter 20. Remember, chapter 20 was the Ten Commandments. This is actually one of the Ten Commandments. So in one sense, he's just kind of expounding on this for us. And and, and we know that this was the fourth commandment, depending on how you uh, count those things. But this is the fourth commandment now to remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. So six days, you get to do all your work. And on the seventh day, stop. Don't do any work. Which honestly was pretty crazy for them because they've never experienced this before. Think about everything that they've ever known in their lives is slavery to a wicked tyrant, this guy named Pharaoh that we read about, who who was oppressing them and he subjected them to forced labor and he made their lives bitter with hard work and he's grinding and beating them into submission. And so so, so when God comes and he, he gives them these Ten Commandments, it wasn't this like oppressive list of rules to try to make them miserable. No, no, no. He was making known to them the path of life. This was such a blessing to them. In fact, when we read chapter 20, uh, I'll, just, I'll just read this for you. Uh, chapter 20, God introduced himself at the beginning of the Ten Commandments. Before he starts listing out these commandments, he introduces himself, verse 2. He says, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. So what he's doing is he's helping them understand. God set them free. And now he's giving them an opportunity every single week to stop working and and, and experience rest instead. If you've been working hard all your life and you never had a day off, that'd be a pretty sweet thing. What a gift. But he gives us the purpose here, chapter 31, verse 13. You see it there. Uh, He says, "This this is a sign between me and you. It's a sign of the covenant, this relationship that God enjoys with his people, Israel. But here's the purpose. Here's, here's why. That, I, that you may know that I, the Lord, sanctify you. So the, so, so the whole point is this. I want you to take a day off. I want you to rest so that you can know the Lord and what he wants for you, that he wants you to be holy. And so one commentator suggested that's probably why uh, the penalty for not doing this seems pretty severe to us. When we read this, we're like, wow, like really? You're like, 
wipe them out. You're going to take them, take them out if they don't take a day off. But, but to not rest is basically saying you don't care to know God and, and acknowledge how much you need Him. And so Israel's whole existence centered around their relationship with Yahweh. And God had set them apart from all the other nations because he wanted them to be his holy people. And now they have this regular sign and recurring reminder for them of that. Every seventh day of the week on the Sabbath. But when we read Exodus chapter 31, the, the, the real question that we start wrestling with is like, what are, what are we supposed to do with this? What does this mean for us? And it's important um, that we remember that um, just like when we were studying the Ten Commandments, we got to keep this in mind. We are not under Mosaic law. We're living in a different part of the story now. Jesus fulfilled the law for us. And so we're not keeping the Sabbath day on the seventh day of the week. We're not worrying about whether we're allowed to like respond to an email from our supervisor. Or does that like count as, like, am I not supposed to do that? Or, or, or are we allowed to make breakfast? Or does that count as work? Or, or uh, are, are we allowed to go out with friends? Or, or if you see somebody out doing their gardening or, 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 or you know, like washing their car or something, we got to kill that person. Like, that's, that's not what we're doing. We're not under law. We're not under law. But when we looked at these commandments, we saw that the Ten Commandments, what's there, it reveals the good character of God. And so it is instructive for us because then we're seeing the, the beauty and the design and, and God's desires for us and there's wisdom principles there. But what it ultimately points to, the, the Sabbath points us to something greater. The Sabbath rest from work points us to what God has done, this, this new thing that God has done through the work of His Son, Jesus. Because Jesus was doing good work, even, uh, which was crazy, even on the Sabbath, he was doing all these good works, which was like driving these Pharisees mad. They're like, I don't even know what to do with this guy because he's, he's doing work on the Sabbath, but he's doing that because he was working to bring us back into the rest of God. He is Lord of the Sabbath. And, and then watch what happens. Jesus, in doing this work, was crucified on the sixth day of the week. And then he laid buried in a tomb on the seventh day of the week. And then he rose to new life on the first day of the week, which is why we now, as believers in Jesus, we gather together on a Sunday. Instead of getting together on Saturdays, we join on, Saturday, on, on Sundays on the first day of the week to celebrate that. We celebrate the victory of what Christ, his work in conquering sin and death. And so we gather together to worship the name of Jesus, which is a priority for us. Like, like, we need to prioritize what's going on on a Sunday morning. So it's like, no, no it's not even a question. Like, this is what we do. Your, your friends know where you're going to be. Your, your kids know what you're going to be doing. We, we go to worship Jesus. That's what we do. But I want to encourage you with this, that it's so much bigger than just having one day off. Okay? Now, if 
you can't eat Chick-fil-A on a Sunday because it's closed. And you choose to uh, not mow your grass and, and not do your grocery shopping and you know, not respond to emails. In fact, you decide you're going like, to take a break from media, media or whatever it is that you decide to do. And, and, and you decide to do that, not, not just to ease your conscience because you feel like you have to, we're free, but, but out of a desire, out of, out of a, a hunger to rest and to focus on the Lord and to grow in your love for Jesus. If you're doing that, I want to say, that is so good. That is so good. And if you choose to spend your time differently, that's okay. Because what Jesus offers us is so much better than just one day a week. Jesus is our rest. He is the Sabbath rest, and we can rest in him all week long, anytime, anywhere. That's what he's offered for us. In fact, this is what he says, Matthew chapter 11. Check this out. I love this. Uh, Jesus was speaking to those of us who are feeling this burden, this weight of life that's just crushing down on us. He says, come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden. I get it. I know. I know where you're at. I know you're feeling it. I know you're feeling the crunch, the squeeze, the pressure that's there. Come to me and I will give you rest. And take my yoke upon you and learn from me for I am gentle and lowly in heart. Watch this. This is so crazy. And you will find rest for your souls. That's that deep sense of rest that God is doing. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. What this means then is that you can experience the rest of God when you're roommate violates the rules of the house and you're really, really tempted to just get ticked off at him, you can experience the rest of God in that moment. You, you can experience the rest of God when you're facing the stress of deadlines and everything that you've got going on around you. You, you can experience the rest of God when you're lonely and you're wondering when you're going to get to experience what other people get to enjoy. You can experience the rest of God when your kid colors all over the wall and disobeys you and starts throwing a tantrum right in the middle of the store. You can experience the rest of God in that moment. You can experience the rest of God when you're just exhausted and you're running on E. Or when you're praying and you feel like you're still praying and you're still waiting. You, you can experience the rest of God when you get disappointing news and Things don't turn out the way you were hoping. You can experience the rest of God when you're holding up under trials and, and pain. No matter, no matter what it is, no matter how chaotic, no matter how hard it is, you can experience the peace and the rest of God. And that rest is not only available to you on the weekend, it's in this moment right now. Because you can rest in the Lord. Here's what I want you to do. Um, we don't normally jump, but would you hold your finger here and, and go to Hebrews chapter 3, okay? Uh, Hebrews chapter 3. I think it's important for us to actually 
be able to look at what's happening here in Exodus chapter 31 and um, apply this and understand what's happening through the lens of uh, the New Testament so we really uh, get this. Because, because the question that we need to be asking is like, like, I get it. Like, you want that. You want to experience the rest of God. Like, yeah, I need that right now. How? How do we experience God's rest? And I think Hebrews is trying to help us understand that. Okay, so if you're there, Hebrews chapter 3, uh, I'm going to start reading in verse 7. Okay, Hebrews chapter 3, starting in verse 7. It says, therefore, as the Holy Spirit says, today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as in the day of rebellion, on the day of testing in the wilderness, where your fathers put me to the test and saw my works for 40 years. Therefore, I was provoked with that generation and said, they always go astray in their heart. They have not known my ways. As I swore in my wrath, they shall not enter my rest. Take care, brothers, lest there be in any of you an evil, unbelieving heart leading you to fall away from the living God. So so, so here's what's going on. He's actually reminding us of what we're studying right now in the book of Exodus, that the children of Israel here on the Mount Sinai, God is going to lead them to Canaan. And he wants them to experience the, the rest of the promised land. And they're, they're, they're going to get there and they're going to be able to spread out and kick back. They're, it's yours. Like you're going to get to live there. It's going to be sweet. But they get right up to it. And instead of like following God and his lead in there, they start freaking out and, and, and they rebel and they choose not to trust God. And so instead of getting to go in and enjoy that, they literally have to wander around for 40 years until they uh, die in the wilderness. And the writer of Hebrews tells us why. Look, look down at verse 19, the very end of chapter 3, verse 19, he says, so, so we see that they were unable to enter because of unbelief. Therefore, chapter 4, therefore, while the promise of entering his rest still stands, Let us fear lest any of you should seem to have failed to reach it. For good news, good news gospel, came to us just as to them. But the message they heard did not benefit them because they were not united by faith with those who listened. For we who have believed enter that rest. Then down in verse 9, he says, So so then, verse 9, there remains a Sabbath rest for the people of God, for whoever has entered God's rest has also rested from his works as God did from his. Why didn't they get to go in? Why why didn't they get to experience the rest? Well, because they didn't believe. And and so it's a lesson. There's there's a warning for us here. Don't have an evil, unbelieving heart. So so how, how do we enter the rest? Believing. It's, it's believing in the good news of the gospel. It's faith. It's trusting in the finished work of Jesus who died on the cross so that we could experience God's rest. The work is done. He did it for us. And so striving and, and trying, it's pointless because we're not trusting in what we do. We trust in what he did for us. Think about this. Some of you have already entered into this. That, 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 that moment of saving faith, that was the moment you stopped when you heard what Jesus had done for you on the cross and, and you humbled yourself in confession and there was that moment where you're just saying, Lord, I'm, I'm done. I'm done trusting in myself and 
trying to save me, and I'm done. I can't do it. I need you. And in that moment, even in the midst of all these heavy burdens that this broken world has pressing down on, in that moment, you found rest for your soul. That's the deep rest that he wants us to experience. But, but watch what happens here. The, the, the freedom and, and the joy and the peace of that spiritual rest is even reflected in our physical rest. In fact, uh, Jonathan Parnell said it this way. Rest, then, becomes our regular dramatization of the heart of the gospel, quoting Romans 4, to the one who does not work but believes in him who justifies the ungodly. His faith will be counted as righteousness. What that means is when you stop working, when you take a day off, when you shut your laptop and put your phone in the other room and you leave it there and you take a nap or whatever it is you're doing, it's like you're acting out the spiritual freedom that you have in Jesus. You don't have to work. You don't have to. You can stop and you can rest because you're trusting in Him. So physically resting then becomes a good reminder for you that you need to trust the Lord and that you can. That you can take, it's okay to sleep. You can take a day off. You can, you, you can shut it down. I know that there's a lot of people that are depending on you, but the reality is you're not that important. And you can't do it all. And the universe is going to keep on spinning without your help. I think about these, these Israelites are having to take a break, not do anything. And they're thinking, well, wait a minute, everybody else, that's a day of production. We're missing out on that. And he's saying, trust me. Trust me. You're going to need this. You're going to need this reminder. Because rest fights against our pride and self-reliance. That, that I'm, I'm not saying that, that we um, do nothing. I'm not suggesting that we're being lazy here. I want you to take responsibility. And yes, listen, I, I do understand that there are some seasons that are just, I'm just a really busy season right now. But, but, but when you start to realize that you said the same thing the last season and the season before that and the season before that, and it's just like every season is super busy and, and you find that you're just grinding yourself into the ground and you're burning the candle on, on both ends and you're, you're, you're constantly pushing through overtime and you're thinking about it all the time. You're stressing off the clock and in all hours of the night and you're, you're not leaving any margin in your life and so you just don't have time to take a day off because you feel like the weight of the world is on your shoulders and, and, and you've got to make it all happen and it's all dependent on you and you, you can make things better if you just put your head down and keep trucking and keep going and, 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 and don't stop and listen, you're fooling yourself that it really is dependent on you and you're fooling yourself that you can handle it on your own and you're actually fighting against the way that God made you. Because there's this, there's this regular rhythm of work and rest, and that's God's design. And it's actually the pattern that he laid out for us. So what's crazy is, like, when, when you don't do that, when you're not taking rest, you're basically saying, you know what, God? I know that you designed me to work better this way, but I'm better than that. 
I don't need you. I, I can do it my way. I got this. But it's grounded back, back in Exodus 31. Look, look, at, look at verse 17. He actually he grounded this whole command, what he wanted them to experience. He grounded it in the experience of creation. Chapter 17, he said, uh, it is a sign forever between me and the people of Israel that in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, and on the seventh day he rested and was refreshed. Think about this. I don't know if you've ever considered um, that there's no astronomical or scientific re- reason for the existence of a seven-day week. Know that? Like, we know why there's a 24-hour day. A 24-hour day is because that's how long it takes the earth to rotate on its axis. And we know why there's a 365-day year because that's about the time that it takes for the earth to revolve around the sun one time. And even, even the months is kind of based on the, 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 the rotation or the, uh, the, the system that the moon has, the cycles that it goes through. But, but where, do we, where do we get this idea of a seven-day week? Where, where does that come from? Who started that? In fact, there's actually like critical scholars that, that want to say like, well, it didn't come from the Jews, the Hebrews in the Bible because there were, there were ancient civilizations that were practicing it before them. And I'm like, that's fine, but where'd they get it? Like, where, where did it come from? It's kind of an obvious answer for us. That this is a pattern that was established for us by our creator God. And so it's actually dangerous if you're violating that. You were not made to just go, 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 work, work, work with no rest. Man, you're going to crack and you're going to break down so hard. You're going to find yourself in a place you're popping pills. You can't even get off the couch. God's going to be like, how you doing now, killer? And for those of you who are like waiting for retirement, you're like, oh, I cannot wait for this day. I'm like, never going to have to work again, right? Be able to kick back, do nothing. This is just like this extended, long season of me time. Yeah, you weren't made for that either. And you're actually going to find that it's really disappointing and what a waste. Like, God gives us this healthy rhythm of work and rest. He worked six days and then he rested on the seventh. And so if that's what Almighty God, the creator of the universe did, then just kind of makes sense, doesn't it? Resting, I think, is really saying, admitting, I'm not God. It, it's, it's, it's respecting my limits and acknowledging my weakness, and I need him. I, I need his presence. I need his power in my life. I need the Lord. And, and, and resting then is a gift because what it does is it begins to put our work into its proper place. Now, I, I, I want you to know this. There's, there is meaning in our work, okay? It's good for us to be able to use our, our gifts and our skills and our passions and our experience and put those things into action. I think about the, the job that you hold. There's probably a reason you have that job. You do what you do in large part because you were made to do it. You do different things than me, and I'm really glad of that. Quite honestly, I think about, like, if I had to, you know, look at spreadsheets in a cubicle all week, I think I would literally die. And some of you, the idea of, like, standing up and talking in front of people, you're like, 
You kind of feel the same way. Okay, it's, it's, this is the way God's made us. He's designed us differently. And as good as this is, work and achievement cannot ultimately satisfy us. And so resting from that, is, it just reminds me that my work is not the point of my life. But how often do we miss that and, and we lose our priorities and, and, and we just drown out the warnings that something's off balance because we don't stop and we don't take the time to put all the work and the craziness of our life into perspective. In fact, we've just come to uh, accept that relentless chaos is just a part of life. Like, I don't know if you've noticed this. I've noticed this. Like, have you ever talked to anybody that wasn't busy? Like, everybody you talk to is busy. We're all busy. We're crazy. In fact, my mom bought me a book called Crazy Busy because every single time I talk to her and she asks me how I'm doing, I'm just like, mom, just like, I'm crazy busy. So she bought me this book supposedly to help. I haven't read it. You know why. Right? It's, 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 almost, it's almost a competition to see who's busier. You know what I'm talking about? Like when you're in college, you're like, oh my goodness, I got all these papers to do and, and deadlines. And like, Can't we just go back to first grade? First grade was awesome, man. We got recess and we can go out and like chase girls on the playground and play kickball and just like, I want that so bad. And, and then the married people are looking at the college people like, oh man, my schedule's like really crazy. And I was just like longing for the days when we were just hanging out in the dorm room and all I had was a couple of assignments. And, and then you have kids. And you, you're looking at like, like, what did we do before we ever had kids? Like, no, seriously, I think I blacked out from lack of sleep. I don't remember anything before kids. What did we really do? And, and then you have three or more kids. I mean, four is kind of psycho. But for those of us who have a lot of kids, we're looking at first-time parents and we're like, you think you're busy, right? And, and it's, just, it's, just, it's almost like this competition that if like, we just line it all up and see what everybody does during the week, and the, the person who can handle the most, they should get like an award or a trophy or something. But the reality is just, just because you're busier doesn't mean you're better. And, and I know, and I realize you may be doing some really important things, but that doesn't guarantee that you're not going to miss the most important things. And when we get off on this, what happens is we start trying to find our identity in what we do and in what we can accomplish. But resting then, resting is worship. Because resting is our opportunity to come back and, and reorient our lives around him. Like, I want everything that I do. And, and, and I'm so thankful for the things that God's allowed me to do. I want everything that I do to be for his glory and in his power. I need him. And my identity is found in Christ. And resting, then, is really trusting the Lord. And some of you are really good at the routine, you've got it, you've got a day off, and some of you got like naps on your calendar, like you know where that's going to happen, but, but you can be taking time off and still living in constant struggle of anxiety and worry and fear and impatience, that's not trusting God, that's not rest. I know some of you, you're going through it right now and you just feel like you haven't had that sense of peace, that, that 
that rest. And I, I want to tell you, whatever it is you're facing, is God sovereign? Is God in control? Is he capable? Does he have power? Is he good? Has he provided for you? Has he been there for you? Has he promised that he's going to be with you, that he's going to use all of this for your good to make you more like Jesus? Church, no matter what it is you're facing, you can rest in the Lord. Somebody pointed out that God made man on the sixth day and then on the seventh day God rested, which means that man's first full day of existence was a day of rest. It's like God's saying, I want you to experience this. Are you resting in the Lord? I want to invite our worship team to come. And Here's what I want to do. I think I needed this this week. Just that reminder, like I got so many things going on. It's pressing in. I want you to take just a moment and, and maybe do some business with the Lord. Just spend right in the quietness of your heart, just spend some time praying. Because maybe this is an opportunity for you to just kind of confess a little bit. Like, Lord, I've been going. I've been, I've been, I've been striving I'm, I've not been taking time to put these things into perspective. and I've been acting as if it's all dependent on me and I can do it. I, I can't. I'm just confessing that. Maybe it's confessing that, that I've been stressing, I've been worrying, I've been anxious, I've not been putting this in your hands, I've not been trusting you with this. And then just ask the Lord to help you rest in him. Just take a moment and let's just spend some time praying before the Lord in our, in our own lives. Lord, I love Sunday morning. I love the opportunity to set aside time to come be with my church family. And reorient our minds around your word and encourage one another and stir one another up to love and good deeds and looking forward to the day, to the day when you're going to come back. It just reminds us there's so much hope. There's so much peace in the gospel. You know the kind of week that I had and what I had going on and just I'm not very good at this at times, and I'm thankful for the, the patience that you show us when we're really wrestling with this, we're struggling, we've got so many things going on, and we're not very good at just stopping, resting in you. Lord, we confess that. We confess our anxiety and our stress and our worry. Why? I don't, I don't even know why we do that. 
The truth is you are sovereign. You are in control. You are good. You are working. So I pray even now that you would help us this week to rest in Jesus. What it is, whatever it is that we got going on, Lord, we lay that down. Ask that you would help us. Just know that it is well with my soul.